Hey guys, and welcome to the Finance Now podcast. This podcast is purely for informational and educational purposes, and it's my way of sharing my knowledge, research, and opinions with you. I'm Anurag Birla, and this week, I wanted to start off discussing some macroeconomic updates. So first thing, uh, let's state the obvious. Let's talk about the debt ceiling. Essentially, the debt ceiling in the US is the maximum amount that the US government can borrow by issuing bonds. If the US approaches that limit, the Treasury Department must figure out their way to pay expenses, otherwise they risk the US defaulting on its debt. For this reason, the debt ceiling has been raised or suspended several times in the past. I'm not going to go through the pros and cons of a debt ceiling, but I do want to talk about what would happen in the case that the US defaulted. If that were to happen, it would it would incre- it would shake confidence at a huge magnitude in U.S. investments and trust in the U.S. Treasury, um, and that you know that could lead to an exodus of a lot of foreign investors and overall see a big drop in GDP and the overall U.S. economy. Stock prices rise, sorry, stock prices will fall, uh, tumble, and a rise in unemployment, uh, all affecting the health of the economy. And as the US dollar is the reserve currency of the world, a default would not only have a terribly negative impact on the US, but would also have drastic effects on international economies. So its its importance cannot be understated. Let's talk about now, then, the, the, the current discussion revolving the debt ceiling. So the current U.S. debt ceiling is $31.4 trillion, having been raised in 2021, and the U.S. officially hit this level in Jan this year, 23. The Treasury Department has been able to continue paying obligations by redirecting payments and whatnot, but as you can imagine, these talks are getting more and more important to the market by the day. Uh, And, you know, the deadline is... The deadline... To sort these discussions out is is approaching it's i believe 5th of june monday good news is that there was a debt ceiling deal agreed in principle between president biden and the house speaker kevin mccarthy to suspend the debt limit essentially what that means is that the treasury are temporarily allowed to supersede the debt limit with no fatal consequences so the deal that was agreed in principle has been passed by the house and is now headed to the senate the not so good news is that there really is no time to waste and this has to wrap up asap they need to get this done and signed off by by the end of this week the details of the deal include that the suspension will be until jan 1st 2025 there will be spending caps on discretionary spending for fiscal 2024 and 2025 there'll be irs cuts They'll claw back some unspent COVID relief funds. They'll restart student loan repayments. They'll maintain their climate and clean energy provisions and more. I guess with the debt ceiling fears, you know, for the most part being put to bed now, investors, economists can breathe somewhat of a sigh of relief until the next debt ceiling discussion in in two years. But, you know, I guess it's... while it is one of the biggest macroeconomic uh, you know themes or discussion topics that we're facing currently, um, it is it's inc- it's incredibly important and it affects the market on a great scale. It's not the only one though. 
Um, in other macroeconomic news, we do have the initial jobless claims that came out yesterday. So positive news is that it came in lower than forecasted. Not so positive is that it's the highest in four weeks. Along with that, the private sector added 278,000 jobs, which was significantly higher than the forecasted 170,000. Obviously, today the unemployment rate for May is coming out, but this episode is being recorded prior to that announcement, so I'm not going to be talking about it. But I guess the outlook for employment doesn't look as bad as expected, does it? I, I, I don't really know. It's quite an uncertain time because... You know, with this relatively positive employment news, I, I'm not trying to insinuate in any way that the economy is super healthy and that, you know, the Fed is en route to a soft landing. But it sure does seem that this supposed recession that, you know, by by way of how it was being spoken about was actually meant to happen, you know, a couple months ago. It does seem that this supposed recession is being put off or delayed just from this data, it does seem better than expected and better than what you would think a recession-pending economy would show. Um, and I mean this with regards to unemployment and, you know, the initial jobless claims and jobs added. I mean, there are talks about a recession now occurring in 2024, so next year instead of 2023. I Again, I don't know how I feel about that. In In, in my opinion, a recession is bound to happen at this point it's imminent it, it would you know given everything that's happened over the last three years it it'd actually be a historic event if we avoided a recession just with the sheer amount of action that's gone on you know from inflation to interest rate hikes to debt ceiling talks it's really been a lot and a lot of these problems have still not been addressed so we're a long way off imagining no recession or a soft landing but that's, yeah, that's that from the macroeconomic outlook. Um, I guess time will only tell uh, when, you know, the economy really starts to deteriorate and how markets react. It's going to come hard and fast. So I, I guess people just need to be strapped up and well prepared. Now I'd like to move on to some earnings for this week. Um yeah, this this one's exciting. I mean, I mentioned this company a couple of episodes back, and it's one, you know, I did mention I'm a fan of. C3 AI posted their earnings results on Wednesday, 31st March for their fiscal Q4. So C3 AI is an enterprise AI software provider, enabling customers to develop, deploy, and operate large-scale enterprise AI applications across any infrastructure. They offer about, you know, they offer five different families of software solutions, which you can obviously Google and learn a lot more about um, each, you know, segment and offering. But the crux of their business model is essentially to make AI integration, use, development and deployment a lot easier for enterprises through their platform. They recently announced their own generative AI products availability through AWS Marketplace, and it was already available on Google Cloud, Google's Cloud Marketplace. So they've got some important, you know, and proven partnerships. Their CEO, Thomas Siebel, is a Silicon Valley veteran and was the founder of Siebel Systems, a CRM software company, which was bought by Oracle 
in 2006 for just under six billion. So he's he's a proven leader. He's a proven pioneer in the technology space. And I, I guess C3 AI management is in good hands. Now, before we talk about the earnings, the stock itself was up over 30% this week, you know, up until their results, given the whole NVIDIA and AI hype that's carried on. This insane jump was obviously, you know, in anticipation for solid earnings and bullish outlook. Um, the expectation after NVIDIA for any AI company, especially one with the ticker symbol AI, was bound to be sky high. I think, personally, I think it reached a point of unrealistic hype, almost meme-like, and that's where I think C3AI's results serve as a humbling note for investors. Let me get to the earnings now. Uh, The stock dropped about 20% in extended trading hours after announcing results that beat estimates, but the reason the stock dropped was their outlook for revenue for their new fiscal year missed analyst estimates. Now, this relatively bleak outlook caused worry that, you know, C3AI as a company was not living up to investor enthusiasm, especially with the market opportunity that we're seeing. But as far as their earnings for Q4 was concerned, I mean, they comprehensively beat expectations. EPS was 23% higher than expected, coming in at a loss of 13 cents a share, while revenue was also higher than expected by 1.5%. So actually a good quarter, a solid quarter. But let's look at the details of their fiscal year forecast. They predicted sales to increase within the range of 11 to 20%. It's a fairly wide range with a midpoint of 307.5 million, so 307.5 million. However, analyst predictions averaged around 317 million. Now this was really the ball drop and it was what ultimately you know, cause the tumble in stock price. I will say, of course, C3AI has a lot of short interest and it is quite a competitive space now. And they have previously struggled to sign new major customers and have pivoted to a different pricing model in order to hopefully fuel more growth. Moving it from subscription pricing to consumption-based pricing And yeah, I think that's been a good idea and hopefully that'll help them slowly ramp up customers as they may be, you know, as customers may be hesitant, well, previously may have been hesitant to sign big contracts right off the bat. Good news, though, is that the CFO, Juho Parkinen, stated that the company, sorry, is still on track to being profitable on an adjusted basis by Q4 of 2024. He also He also mentioned that they do expect to invest heavily in generative AI initiatives, which should hopefully yield more both in an expansion of customers and overall sales growth. I know on my end, I'm going to continue to put my faith in the leadership of this company to deliver profitability as forecasted. You know, I do believe they have better technological and operational advantages than many newer companies. And it's one that I plan on holding. I, It's really a growth stock here. And I also do think C3AI have managed expectations here, perhaps being slightly more grounded in their forecasts with a good potential to exceed them. You know, I, I don't want to speak too soon, but I guess we'll, we'll see as we go through the year. 
Another company that faced market pressure after announcing earnings was the CRM software company, Salesforce. Now, from a distance, this one seems a bit more confusing, but when you look close, it starts to make more and more sense. They reported a revenue and earnings beat as well as lifted guidance, but the stock was down around 7% during after hours. That's not something we've seen uh, too much of this earnings season where a company would beat uh, earnings results in their quarter and also beat expectations on guidance, but still see a drop in stock price. But the biggest issue I guess analysts had with Salesforce were their costs. CapEx, which is capital expenditure, in the quarter was up 36% as compared to a revenue increase of 11%. Net income did increase, however, and the outlook for the upcoming quarter by management looked a lot better than analyst predictions, both when it came to revenue and adjusted earnings per share. They also increased their guidance for earnings for fiscal 2024 while maintaining their revenue guidance, showing that they're pushing for better operating margins and profitability. You know, that, that's that been the real story for Salesforce, right? Um, how they've increased profitability and boy, have they done that. They are, they are looking like they're going, they're on the right path and they're going to continue to do it. But the question is whether they will successfully continue to do it. And I think that's what analysts are waiting to see. Um, you know, they did provide a somewhat lackluster outlook for sales though. And they mentioned that the ongoing issue of a slowing in demand and lower customer IT budgets is is a problem that they they do currently face and a problem that they expect to stay for a while. But, you know, I think with their focus being on profitability, um, it's it's been it's been a good quarter for Salesforce. I I I don't really know with I mean they did they're another company that's hoping to benefit from all the AI hype, you know, having launched their own generative AI product called Einstein GPT. Now, I I don't know how excited I am for this because I think ultimately what you know everyone has to see is whether these generative AI products really are are worth the R&D expense are worth you know all the costs uh they have to generate revenue that justifies the resources that go into building out these products and they're obviously pushing salesforce here are obviously pushing for more and more ai integration into the sales process and all their products but the current revenue outlook doesn't factor any of that in honestly as a company they've had quite a year they're their stock is up 67% year to date but prior to that they had some struggles you know with executives leaving uh stock plunge they had board changes and whatnot but they look like they've come out of that now and you know they they look like they're well on their way to improving profitability which um is is obviously of utmost importance i do think it'll come at a cost though and that cost may just be growth, whether that's in terms of sales, whether that's in terms of customers or revenue, I'm not sure. But I do think there will be a cost. Overall, these are two companies, C3AI and Salesforce, who should be benefiting from the AI hype, but actually find themselves struggling to meet analyst expectations, resulting in stock prices dropping. 
I mean, I it, it's quite funny because I feel like this earnings season we've heard AI being thrown around. I don't know, maybe hundreds and thousands of times. And each time it seemed to generate some sort of euphoria and interest in in analysts, but not in this case. I guess for these two companies, I don't think this price movement of, of you know their stock prices falling is telling of how they will fare. I actually think both these companies will benefit from AI adoption and integration. And that, you know, going forward, I do believe they will end up beating expectations. You know, given that the barrier they have set for the next year has not been sky high. I do want to mention, though, once again, that these are not formal recommendations on buying or selling any of these stocks, simply my opinions based on my knowledge and research. So please do not buy or sell based solely on what you hear. Overall, I'm going to wrap it up here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did make it this far, I thank you for listening. Once again, I'm Anurag Birla, and this is Finance Now. Oh,